Hey, what is going on, Element City Church? How are y'all doing tonight? Woot, we've got one person raising the roof at least. That's awesome. That's awesome. We've got some of us who are here even after uh, the marriage retreat. We had a great time down in Tubac, so some of us are pretty tired uh, after coming back, and yet we're here. That's how much we love you and love this church. Can you believe that? You can believe it. All right, so want to say uh, welcome. My name is Lyle. I'm one of the uh, pastors here, uh, and we're glad that you joined us tonight for worship. So uh, if you're new uh, and you're here in the house, we want to say uh, we've got the 10-minute party in the back. We'd love to meet you there uh, after the service is over. So we're going to be back there for 10 minutes. We're not going to be with you for 10 minutes. Don't worry if you're the introverted person who's like, that's terrible. How am I supposed to have conversation for 10 minutes with a person that I've never met? We understand you don't have to. It's like two to three minutes. So just real short, sweet, simple. And we even have a free gift for you. It is the best kettle corn that is south of the Grand Canyon. That's what we're calling it. The best kettle corn south of the Grand Canyon. Now you're interested. Now you have to try it out. So if you're new, feel free to do that. If you're online and you're new, uh, just drop a comment in the, the feed right below. We've got a, a host that's there to take care of you. You'll probably see a button at the top that says connection card as well. If you want to click that, fill that out. That lets us get in touch with you and just give you a little bit more info about the church and kind of the things that we do. Um, so yeah, grateful that you're here tonight. Uh, if you don't have the Elements Church app, feel free to download that. We've got sermon notes. We've got a bunch of stuff in there uh, that is really helpful. Most of our givers, that's how they give is through the gift tab that's on there. Uh, there's even news, upcoming information about events and all that stuff. Uh, so that's fun. Fun times, right? That's what we use apps for is information. So feel free to do that. Let's all stand together. Uh, we're going to pray for our church of the week before we get into worship tonight. And our church of the week is Discovery Church. We're going to pray for them. They're out on the northwest side, I believe. And we're going to pray for their pastor, Eric Young, uh, for their congregation as well uh, as ourselves as we get ready to go. So Jesus, thanks for all that you have done, all that you have accomplished for us uh, in giving of yourself and laying your life down for us. And so we recognize that we get to enter into the presence of God tonight because of the blood that, we, that you shed. Uh, that's what Hebrews tells us. And so Jesus, you're the one uh, who made this happen. You're the one who's made this bridge between uh, man and God. And uh, so we, we just worship you. We lift up your name. We praise your name tonight. That's what we want to do. We want to lift up Discovery Church as well and their pastor, uh, Eric, and his wife, Amanda. We ask God that you would just fill them with uh, vision. You would fill them with wisdom on how to accomplish that vision in the place uh, of the kingdom that you've uh, allowed them to tend here in Tucson. And we just pray your favor over them. We pray your blessings over them in their church, God. Would you speak uh, through them and move through them so that they can make a difference in the community where they are. And so, Lord, uh, we just look forward to what it is you want to do tonight here. So would you open our hearts to receive you, to receive your word and receive what it is you have for us tonight, Jesus. We love you. We pray it in your name. Everyone said, amen. Get those hands going. With your endless grace 
Cry. 
able to worship here. The bride, Christ. Father, I just pray for the worship, or I pray for the word tonight. Lord, that you would be on it, that we would hear you, because we need new wine, Lord. We need you. We need your truth and all the freedom that that brings. Lord, just rend us, just rend the old. Help us to be good soil. Father, help us to tear out the weeds, tear out the tears. Let us be lush in a new, new time. Father, you're doing new things. And we trust you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Good evening, friends. It's great to, to gather to worship, and to those of you joining us online, it's a thrill to have you with us. Actually, just a, a caveat, uh, Christina, thank you for that prayer. We and Josh playing bass, what you may not know is Christina and Josh were part of the original launch of Elements, and they have been in Pennsylvania as you're doing your doctorate degree, and... and um, we're still their church in the beauty of technology and, and COVID's been crazy and all of that, but it, it moved us in one way is to get outside the walls and to get available. And so for those of you watching online or watching later this week, um, know that you got people who are part of Elements family uh, from across the country. Um, and, uh, and we want you to feel like you're part of the family too. And those of you here in the house, uh, your fam. So your fam, um, but we are glad to have you here tonight. We uh, just so you all know, uh, we have been coming off of this last weekend. We had a marriage retreat with Emmanuel and Elements folks, thirty-six couples down in Tubac, and had a great time this weekend. And that is something if you are married or getting married, you might be interested in next year. It's a it's a fun time and a great date weekend and time just kind of pouring into relationship. And tonight, what I'd like to do is just kind of a standalone message and to do a refreshment, kind of a refresh of what we called Elements Refresh back in January, kind of a, the new kind of layout of the vision and mission and how we're going to carry out church uh, as Element City Church that we talked about in January. Lyle uh, led through this whole idea of we want to focus on discipleship. We talked about kind of our cultural values. And so tonight is a mashup. Anyone know what a mashup is? A mashup might be like multiple songs kind of mashed together and segued. You don't you only hear portions of them. One of my favorite TV shows, Psych. Any other Psych fans? You know, they they in one episode they had the food truck and it was the Thanksgiving mashup and it was basically a meatball with the entire Thanksgiving meal in the meatball. Does that sound good? I didn't think that sounded good, but that's kind of an example of mashup. But this idea of mashup, we want to kind of say, hey, what we talked about in January, we want to mash it all up together tonight, and I will try not to go long. So um, we will have a good time with that. You know, the church, capital C church, not just elements, but the church, that this movement of Jesus that was launched really centers all of us who are followers of Jesus and followers of the scripture, kind of look at this notion of what Jesus spoke about in the great commandment and the great commission. Is kind of like bottom line foundational truth of the mission of what's called the church. This movement of Jesus for people to experience the fact that the creator of the universe actually knows your name. 
He loves you and wants to be in relationship with you, and he provided a way for that to happen that would be transforming for you, not just in a moment for this moment in the world, but for a moment leading on into all of eternity that you would forever have a with God kind of life. And so the church is built on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Now, how that gets carried out might have different flavors. Uh, if you're online, uh, maybe you can write your favorite flavor of gelato from Frost. Now, if you're here in the house, maybe turn to your neighbor right next to you. If you've been to Frost, maybe you want to say, hey, here's my favorite flavor of gelato at Frost. you got five seconds. Just kind of let them know. Some of the flavors I can't even pronounce... But this last week, uh, Josh, I met Josh and his girls and, and my youngest came and we hung out at Frost and we walked in. There's Stratocella and there's other things I can't pronounce. Anyone ever been to Frost? You, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, online, raise your hand. Okay, you've been to Frost. Okay, so like the reality is it's gelato. On the window it says America's favorite gelato. It might even say the world. I, I can't remember exactly. Do you remember what was in the window? It's like at least America, if not the world, uh, favorite gelato, right? But what you know and, and what I know, even if you think about Baskin Robbins, is every time you walk in there, it's ice cream. But there's flavors to it, right? And so there's different flavors that have different tastes that tantalize uh, your, your taste buds and kind of you know, get you moving. Uh, and this idea of flavors, it really kind of ties to the church as well. That if we have the Great Commission, Great Commandment, that is the reality of, let's just call it the, the gospel gelato, if you will. Uh, and this idea that this is what we're about as the church, as the movement of Jesus. Uh, but each church may have its own flavor, if you will, of how that goes about getting carried out, kind of the how of that. And that's what I want to kind of look at today. So real quickly, just a reminder for us, if you call Elements home, if you're visiting tonight, uh, you picked a great night to be here because you're going to kind of hear the heartbeat of this church and what we're about. And um, so I hope you kind of lean in. I hope it inspires you because it inspires us and it's what we want to be about. We think it's really something that can make a difference in our city and beyond. And so we have a vision and a mission. I just want to remind us about that. If you looked online, you could probably see that. But our, our vision is to say to change lives by bringing the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of this city and beyond. Uh, we're located in the heart of the city. And, and we want to make a difference here and have a ripple effect going out. We have uh, connections in worldly places and connections in other cities. But we want to be a place that's really making a difference here in our city and the ripple effect of that going out. We want to see that change lives for Jesus. Our mission is inviting people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. That it isn't an organizational mission of, hey, we want to grow bigger or whatever, that we want to be about people experiencing Jesus. Because we really believe that Jesus really changes lives. At the end of the day, that's what we're about. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment, the Great Commission, go into all the world and to let people know about Jesus. The Great Commandment, do that in love. Love God, love people. That, that's the point of what Jesus is wanting his movement to be about. And so as a church, we want to invite people into that. And we've centered around three cultural values. Uh, you've seen it, maybe a slide on our website or a slide around here, reach, equip, and send. That that's what we're about as a church. Uh, kind of the cultural, it, it's, it's our flavor, if you will. 
that the gospel is the reality of what we're about. But the flavor of how we want to carry that out and impact people and to invite them into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus is through these cultural values of reaching, equipping, and sending, of reaching people. And as we reach people, we want to inspire and invite and help people reach up in worship. Do you know that you were created to worship? Which is way more than singing a song. We worship here, and that's one of the heartbeats of this church. We love to worship and invite people into it. But the, the point behind it is we want to inspire a heart that wants to reach up toward God. To give your attention and your affection and aim that in his direction. Because we believe that as you kind of give your heart to him, that he is already longing to give his heart to you. And there's a connection there that happens that is beautiful. And that can't be manufactured in pursuing stuff or achievements or accomplishments. See, you were made to worship. And you will give your heart's attention and affection and devotion to things. And you can give it to things or you can give it to someone. And as a church, we want to help you reach up to give that to God. We believe that he's the one that created you. And he's the one your heart longs for the most, even if you don't fully recognize it yet. That you were created to be in relationship with him. And many people in our world give their affections and their attention, their allegiances to their careers or pursuits of accomplishments or achievements. Many give that to their families and to relationships, and some give it to their hobbies. And they pour all of their energy into those things. And those things aren't necessarily wrong. They're just not the best and the top. And what the scriptures call us to is, hey, seek first the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. All this other stuff, it'll, it'll come. But you let your heart's devotion, first and foremost, be for God and for him. And to know him and to have, have yourself be known by him. That you would reach up and love him most of all. Paul talks about this, Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, in view of everything God has done for you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, worship is way more than a song. It's, it's actually how you live your life. And so we want to inspire people that your lifestyle is signaling what you desire most. And we want to help you seek first the kingdom of God to love God, to love him most, to let your heart continually reach up for him, to enjoy his amazing love for you, and then to turn around and to reach out to let other people experience what you're experiencing. So it's not just about reaching up, it's about reaching out for people who are maybe not connected in a faith community yet, uh, to reaching out to people who are coworkers of yours, neighbors of yours, friends of yours, uh, to reach out in a way that would love them. Uh, Jesus said this in John 13. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. You are my followers. If you love one another. In our day and age, the church doesn't need a bigger megaphone. In our day and age, the church needs to carry a towel. 
and to love people and to serve people like Jesus did. Jesus had an, an impeccable way of seeing people. We live in a culture that it's so easy to get caught up in, in the race of life and to zoom past people. But Jesus saw them, and he ministered to them, and he makes phone calls to them. And uh, <clears throat> he is, he's really dialed in. He wants to, to help them, and, he, and he's trying to say, hey, here's how uh, I connect, and I see you. And what if the church became focused to say, hey, we want to reach out to people, that they would know that God is reaching out for them. In the book Unchristian, David Kinnaman interviewed kind of hundreds of young adults on their perceptions and their experiences with Christianity. And when it came to the subject of evangelism, the overwhelming response was negative. It was a negative response. People Kinnaman talked to felt bullied and manipulated. Uh, Only one-third felt that Christians in their life actually really cared about them. The rest, they said, they kind of felt like a project or like they were a target for Christians. And so evangelism, this idea of kind of sharing the good news of Jesus, sharing the good news that his grace and his hope is available, and that he really actually longs to connect with people, sometimes can become project-oriented. And the reality is Jesus never treated people like a project. He treated people like people. And what if the church actually just said, hey, we want to reach out because we love people. We're for people. And because Jesus is for you, we're for you. We may not agree on everything, but we're for you, and we're for you to have a relationship with him. What if we, as a church, began to reach out relationally, not in a project-oriented or from an engineering standpoint, but just in the actual nuts and bolts of relationships and how we have relationship with people that we just choose to love and that we pray for folks? Do you know that the studies say that as you're talking with coworkers or friends or uh, schoolmates or, or whatever, that as you begin to hear people's story, so often, think about the last 18 months, so often there's heartache behind that story in some way, shape, or form. What if you were to actually take a moment and say, hey, man, that really hurts my heart or weighs my heart down to know the struggle that's there. Would you be okay if I just took a couple seconds and prayed for you right now? Do you know that studies talk about over 80% of people are totally willing for that? And and that I've I've never, I've had a couple people turn me down on that. But the vast majority, I I think, are longing for people to notice them and and to express in a way that they're for them. And then, hey, I I know that this is a struggle, and I, I can't fix it for you, but I can come along and stand with you in it. And could I pray for you? Could, could I be, could we as a church become better listeners, empathetic listeners to people's story and to meet them? Could we step forward to try to serve them in a way and to help them in a way that that's how we can begin to reach out relationally? It really is simple in connecting the dots. It's not that you have to have a full dissertation ready about how to present the gospel. It's just sharing your story and sharing the story of God in your life and the difference that he's making with you, that you let your actions speak first. And when the time is right, you speak up and you share your story and you point to the story of Jesus, that you are and I am wired and called at this church to be people who want to help people reach up and love God and to reach out by loving people.
around us. That's what we're about. We're about reach, to reach up, to reach out. We're about equip. We want to equip people to know Jesus, to know what it means to actually walk life out like he would in your shoes. Not in perfections because you're not perfect and neither am I. But maybe that we get better at this year after year. And that I have more fruit, uh, what Paul would describe in Galatians chapter 5. Here's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. That those kinds of fruits would be maybe more evident in your life as a follower of Jesus now than they were maybe two years ago. And more so two years from now. Because spiritual growth is not meant to be something you opt in or opt out of. It's actually meant to be part of the journey. It's what Jesus called his early disciples to. And he said, look, uh, I've come to lead you, and I want you to follow me. I want to use your giftings and your abilities and your passion and give you purpose and significance. You have been made unique. And as the church, we are called to unity. So we have diversity, but we're called to a greater unity as we live out the life of Christ individually and corporately as the church. And that we're to follow after this guy, Jesus. He's the leader of all of us. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 18 through 20. As Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. And Jesus said, come follow me, he said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. See, the call of Jesus is actually simpler than we think. It's it's to follow him. It was back in the first century and is today in our age. It may look different. You're, You're probably not a fisherman. You're probably not throwing a net in a lake. If you are, that's cool. I'd love to hang out with you in your day job. But if that's not you, the reality is that occupations might have changed But the perception and the pursuit of being a follower of Jesus is still the same. It's follow me. Meaning it's to learn how he did things so that I can actually become a person who does those things more consistently. I'm not going to be perfect like he was. But what if my life began to be in proximity around Jesus and I followed him more and more and it began to rub off on me and I became a person who experienced him and then began to express him more and more that Jesus said to these same fishermen, hey, come follow me, and spent the next three years of his life pouring into these disciples that they would be in a, what we say around here, would be an apprentice of Jesus, a student of Jesus. Someone who's trying to learn to live life the way Jesus would live life and the way he did live life and the way he would call us to live life. We gave this definition of discipleship. A disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple, an apprentice, a student of Jesus, is that you understand him, you know him, you're becoming more like him, and you're committed to the mission that he's given us to be. Discipleship really is about people development. 
It's about developing us to have more intentions the way Jesus would wire your intentions to help you discover and fulfill your calling that he's put on your life, to, to utilize and, and to uh, express the gifts and talents and passions that he's already pre-wired in you, and for that to come to life more as a follower of him. The Apostle Paul discusses to the roles of the church. The church is to train people up to equip folks, he says. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ gave uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all reach unity in the faith doesn't mean uniformity, but unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That the role as, as pastors, as leaders in the church is to equip you to become everything Jesus wants you to be and desires you to be and dreams you to be. The way he's wired you that we become more and more alive, that you become more and more like him. It's us as the church kind of helping you mature in your faith. Maturing in your faith is part of the follow me movement of Jesus that he called us to. See, mature people can have an expanding impact with their life upon others. But those who stay immature, those who are childish or baby Christians, so to speak, that never seem to grow up, well, they don't get greater responsibility or the ability to have a bigger impact. See, if you never grew up, you would never drive a car. If you didn't drive up, you wouldn't live on your own. If you didn't grow up, you wouldn't have the greater responsibilities and impact that you can have. The point is you grew up. And so that came, and so as a church, we want to help people grow up spiritually. We want to equip them to pursue spiritual growth and development in that, that God's sanctifying work within us is meant to be a normal thing, not an optional thing. It's meant to be part of this, what Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And we're going to work on this. Kind of, we're all a work in progress, an ongoing reality. And as you grow in depth, here's what our superficial world needs is more spiritual depth than people. Our life is just so superficial at times, and it's the people of depth that impact you, isn't it? It's the people of greater depth, coaches in your past, teachers in your past, who have had a greater ripple effect in your life because there was something about them that was left a mark in you. See, spiritual depth matters in a superficial world. And that isn't that you know more. It might be part of it. It's that you're actually living this more. That's what Jesus meant by follow me. Not follow me and get a bunch of knowledge so you can regurgitate it to people. No, no. Follow me and be like me. That's what he meant. That's what it means to be an apprentice, a student of Jesus. So we want to equip you. And so we've kind of wired our church and how we go about doing it to help pour into you and that. It's, it's weekend gatherings where we gather online or here where we're trying to teach through different series and books of the Bible and, and topics about life and what the scriptures have to say. We want to grow depth in you in that way that you would love God and love people. So we teach from the Bible. 
We want to give you serve opportunities, opportunities to serve on serve teams around here, everywhere from our e-kids and, and pouring into the next generation to worship and tech and production to greeting to so many different capacities around here to our second Saturday food distributions and caring for the community and how we as a church can say, hey, we notice you and we care and we're here. To owning your own faith practices. That as a church, we want to inspire and, and push and motivate you to own your faith in a way that you would dive into the scriptures on your own and you would develop your prayer life and you would develop some spiritual habits in a way that aren't, isn't dependent upon a service or, or a gathering of people, but it, it's something that you can own on your own. We believe that happens best sometimes or most times in groups that we can do some of those things on our own, but really to do it together is a way that's beautiful. And so we actually believe in the power of circles more than rows. And so we have groups around here, e-groups, what we call small groups that meet throughout the week. And we have discipleship groups that are a little more focused, two or three people that are going through a study of what does it mean to be an apprentice of Jesus. And so they go through that for 26 weeks and development of just what does it mean to be an apprentice, a follower of Jesus. And they kind of work through that so that they would know at the end, here's what Jesus really meant by follow me. And so we've got some amazing e-groups that are happening and beginning to get started back up for the fall and some new ones even potentially coming. We have a, a new young adult group that just started like two weeks ago that's kind of for that 24 up, and, and that's Wednesday nights. And if that's you, we'd love to invite you to check that out. If you're just kind of floating here and maybe you want to get connected, you can see Amy in the foyer. We've got an e-group list that's there. So for couples and for singles and different areas of the city, uh, for people to connect. And, and our goal there is to, hey, we want to live out biblical community. We want to love one another. We want to study the Bible for life change, and we want to care about one another. And then discipleship groups are, are kind of more intimate groups of two, three, four people, no more than four, going through this study of just really what does it mean to be an apprentice, a student, a follower of Jesus. And it's, it's kind of intense. It's 26 weeks. And, but at the end of that, we're challenging you to turn around and maybe be available to begin to disciple some other people. And so if you're interested in a discipleship group, we have many groups going right now, and they kind of cycle through things. And so at the, uh, in the foyer uh, at the table there is just a sign-up list. And so if that's something that's interested to you, just get your name on the list because we'll have those groups kind of recycling and restarting throughout the year. And that might be something for you. If you're kind of that person that says, hey, I, I'm kind of searching out my faith. I'd like to know more about that. Then maybe that's for you. If it's an e-group, then begin to, to look for that. Begin to find ways. You can go there and get information about that in the lobby. We're working on a group, uh, maybe of a blended families e-group. And so if that's you and you want more information about that, stop by in the lobby. So we want to equip people to know Jesus and to follow him. We believe in that. And we want to send people. We want to live as a sent one. Sent is an important word in the Bible, and it's clearly seen all throughout the New Testament. So early on, one of the very first sentences Jesus says after his resurrection is this in John 20, 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. 
You and I are to live as sent ones. That he has arranged your sphere of influence and connection, family relationships, work scenario, friendships that you're connected with in a way that he is now asking you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to live as a sent one on his behalf and in partnership with him wherever you go. See, the church is a gathering of people. The church is not a building. And so we gather as the people of God, as his church, but we scatter to be his church. And we're his church all over the city. Wherever you're at is where the church is. And so that's the goal. We are sent as people who are followers of Jesus. Matthew 28, 9, go and make disciples of every nation. That's the great commission. Acts 1, 8, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ compels us to make this appeal on behalf of him. The word compel is not this idea. It's kind of like a, a soldier that's, uh, in the New Testament time, soldiers were often kind of handcuffed to prisoners. They were around them, and they would compel them. They would pick them up. They would hem them in on the other side. See, we sometimes think that to live as a sent one is optional. And the apostle Paul would say, oh, no, no, no. That, there's no option here. This is the reality. As a follower of Jesus, you are a sent one. His love is compelling you to be a part of that and participate in that process, that you are him with skin on. Here's how he says it. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and then we'll get to verse 20. Christ's love controls us, compels us, since we believe that Christ died for all, and we also believe that all died for all. Old life. He died for everyone so that we who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, we will live for Christ who died and was raised for them, for me. Verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Connect with God. And that you and I are to live as sent ones. Every single person matters to God. Everybody matters. And how can he express that? Through every one of his followers beginning to show that by the way they live on his behalf to become more and more like Jesus. God loves people. He cares about them. And because God cares, he sends you and me to show God's care to those that we encounter. We need to help people encounter that truth they are not an afterthought to God. They are not someone who's separated from God and he never thinks about them. He's actually obsessed in wanting to connect with them. And his love is on display and active in their life and he longs to use you and me to begin to connect the dots to see that the creator of the universe actually longs to have a relationship with your coworkers and with your friends and with your family that may not know him yet, your neighbors, people on your sports team, that he's put specific people in your life that he desires to connect with and to show his love, and he often wants to do that through you. Why? Because you are to live as a sent one. I'm to live as a sent one. That's who I am as a follower of Jesus. He wants to get that through us. Tim Keller writes this, being public about your faith simply means not hiding the wellspring of your life, not hiding who you truly are. It's not trying to mask up so I don't offend. It's just letting the real me shine through. That it's God's love shining through me. Go and be my witnesses. We are to be his active agents 
in the world, to be an active agent for God and his good in the world wherever he's planted you, and for you to be a part of that. So we want to be a church that sends locally and globally and actively. We want to live to send people. See, Christians don't just attend church. We are the church. And so we gather to refresh one another. That's what we do on Sundays. And then we scatter to be the church. And that's the heart of what we're about. We want to invite people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. How do we do that? What's our flavor? Well, man, we want to reach. We want to help people reach up to love God. We want to reach out that we would love people in a way that they would know that they're loved, that they're noticed, that they're seen. And we want to equip people. Equip people not just to put a Christian bumper sticker on their life or on their car or to say, I'm a Christian by title. No, no. We want to equip you to actually know what it means to know Jesus and, and to follow after him and to be growing in this relationship with him. It's active. It's participatory. It's people development spiritually. We want to equip people to know Jesus and to follow him. And we want to live as a sent that you and me, we are active agents for God. See, right now, this is the rally. I hope you feel a little bit inspired because when you walk out these doors, you're on mission now to live as a sent one for him. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's your mission. And that's the participatory role that you get to play to live as a sent one, to be an active agent for God and his good in the world wherever you go, in your family, in your relationships, in your work connections, everywhere you go. And so as a church, that's what we're about. That's our gelato flavor, if you will. And so if you're a part of this church, that's what I just want to remind us, because it's easy sometimes just to let that begin to drift and kind of move to the back burner, but the reality is that's meant to be a front burner thing for all who call Element City Church home. If you're visiting, man, I'm so glad you're here. I hope that maybe the Spirit would kind of tug in your heart to say, man, that's something I want to be a part of. I think that's something where I can participate and be a part of the story of what God is developing here. And so we invite you to be a part of that. Whether you're watching online or whether you're here in the room, we invite you to say yes to that and to be a part of someone who helps reach up to love people and to reach up to love God, to reach out to love people to be equipped to be a follower of Jesus and to live as a sent one. And so as we kind of close tonight, we want to take communion together. And so if you're at home, uh, you'll have a few moments here where you can go and maybe get some elements to participate in that. If you're here in the house, uh, you may have grabbed some on the way in, but there are two tables right back here in the, uh, in the aisles and some up in the balcony for those of you that are up there. And so you can feel free to make your way to grab one of those. I'm going to just take a moment and begin to kind of set up our moment of, of experience here. Uh, Danny is going to come and play uh, underneath. And we're just going to create some time for us to remember. And what we're remembering is the fact that Jesus was sent to you and sent to me. That... Um, we, we follow a God who, who didn't say, hey, here's the deal. You try to figure out a way to make your way to me. We remember that Jesus is God who made his way to you. And that's the gospel message, is that we are all broken. 
we're all sinful, we're separated from a perfect and holy God. And it could have been that God said, hey, here's the principles and the philosophy and you figure out how to get to me. But he wanted a very relational thing. Why? Because I believe at the heart of God is his desire to have a relationship. And so in a very relational way, Jesus came to seek you out, friend. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus watching online or here, there was somewhere in your life where Jesus kind of tapped you on the shoulder figuratively and kind of got a hold of your heart to say, hey, you, you've been trying to live life on your own. And I've come that you might have life, not try to find it, but actually have it, gifted, given right to you. That it's in Jesus' life and in his death and in his resurrection that provides a way for us to have life with God now on into eternity. And it's through our faith in him. And so in communion, what we're doing is we're remembering. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. It's one of the, the few things Jesus gave to his church to say, hey, this is something that's to anchor you. And so what you're about to do is, is an anchoring kind of moment, an anchoring kind of thing that says, Jesus, I remember. I was lost, but now I'm found. Not because I figured it out, but because you were sent to find me and you found me. You saved me. And so I remember. And so in a moment, I'm going to give you space to, I know it's kind of the lunchable one. You, you kind of peel up the top layer and you get to the wafer and, and then you peel back the other place to get to the juice and you'll take that on your own in a moment. And as you hold that wafer, as you take that, just remember this was Jesus' body broken on the cross and given for you. That he stood in your place. I deserved that, not him. But he, standing, he stood in the gap for me. And his body took the punishment I deserved. It was his blood that was shed on that cross for the forgiveness of my sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. And so as we take this, we remember. And so in a moment, I'm just going to let you do that. Maybe you have a moment of prayer, just of thanksgiving, of gratitude. We'll take that, and then I'll close this in prayer. We'll worship together tonight. A couple closing thoughts, and we're on with our day, and we're we're sent out as sent ones. But we remember that we are found ones first. And so as you take a moment, friend, pray right there in your seat, take communion, and I'll move us forward in just a moment.
Jesus as a church, as individuals. We gather to, to thank you yet again. God, you're a God who reached out to us. We are forever indebted to you. That Your love said, I'll go first. I'll go most. And it changed us. And just as you equipped your disciples in that first century to, to know what it means to follow you, Jesus, to become more and more like you, we are the byproduct of generations of disciples, people who are captivated by the life and the death and the resurrection, the beauty of Jesus and who he is. And it changed people, individual people and individual generations from that first century on into today's reality that we sit here changed by your love. And we want to be equipped to begin to continue that story and to pass that on to future generations, to other individuals that have yet to experience that. And so you tell us to live as a sent one. As the Father has sent me, I now send you, Jesus. You said that. You said that then, and you say it now. And so to my friends gathered in this room, watching from their living rooms, may they live this week as a sent one. To share your love in practical, tangible, expressible ways. To point to your story as we worship you now. Would you use this song to inspire our hearts to be people who reach, equip, and send?
Just like Jericho, yeah. come and tear down my walls. And I am in your hands. You are the promised land. You are the king of my heart. is weak will you help me see that you are all that I need oh Jesus you are all that I
Jesus. He's the big deal around here. He brings real change to real people in real ways. For many of you, you could tell the story of how he's changed your life. You may be here and someone invited you and man, I, I know it takes courage coming to a new place. And I'm so proud of you for owning your spiritual journey. Maybe you're not there yet. You're not part of the convinced and maybe you're on this journey. Man, just give your heart space to let Jesus meet you and you meet him. And I promise you, he's the real deal and he can really help. You know, as a church, this is our heartbeat. It's what we're about. To all of you who are partners with us financially, that's what you're given to. It's not just the impact of the people in this room or the people watching online. It's to, to bring the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city and beyond, to see the ripple effect for the kingdom good and for God in this world. And so thank you for being a partner with us. We don't pass a plate here. We've got giving boxes in the back. A lot of folks give through the app or give online, and you could do that. Um, if you need prayer tonight, uh, Pastor Lyle will be down front. Uh, he'd love to, to pray for you. Uh, I'll be at the 10-minute party, so if you're new, I met a few of you already, uh, but I'd love to invite you to the 10-minute party in the back just to say hi, have you fill out a connection card. And, and we got a thing of kettle corn that I'm telling you is the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. Um, and it's for you if you're a guest. If you're not a guest, you don't get it. Uh, but like, yeah, but if you are a volunteer with us, and we have an amazing group of, not all superheroes wear capes, you know that, right? But the volunteers that call Elements home and that give uh, of their time and their talent in so many ways from e-kids to so many different aspects and teams that we have, uh, we're having a volunteer rally on August 28th. It's a Sunday night from, uh, uh, which one? It's not a Sunday night. We'll be here for our, yeah, you're right, Saturday night. I meant Saturday. You're right, thank you, good catch. So it's Saturday, you can read. Okay, so like Saturday, uh, the 28th at 5 through 7, uh, 5 to 7 p.m., and if you are not volunteering, but you're interested this would be a great rally to come to because you'll hear stories of what God's doing. You'll get opportunities to meet other people who are serving in those areas and maybe you can jump in the shadow with them. And so if you're thinking about it, we'd love to invite you. Did we mention there's some free food? We're also gonna ask volunteers to bring sides. We'll do the main dish and we'll figure all that out. You'll watch for your emails for that. Uh, again, if you're a 10 minute party, we'd love to invite you to that. Next Saturday is our second Saturday food distribution, which means Friday morning at 8.30, we're packing all the food boxes at Carrie ministry. If you're off on Friday, we'd love to invite you to serve with us, help pack the meal boxes. And Saturday at 8.30 right here on the campus, we'll be passing those out to the community. So may I give us a blessing as we go, and then I'll meet some of you at the 10-minute party. Say hi to folks around you. Give them a high five on the way out. So God, may you bless this group of people, those watching online, those gathered here in this space. May they recognize that they are to live as a sent one, and the mission's on starting now. So would you give them opportunities to share your love in surprising ways this week that we would be your hands and feet to a world that needs to see you and experience your heart and your grace and your passion and your love in tangible and practical ways. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We love you, friends. We'll see you next Sunday.